Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Night two of the first Democratic presidential debate. Former Vice President Joe Biden gets ready to take on Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, who caucuses with the Democrats, says that he is a self-described Democratic socialist. We have full coverage. Plus, who will be the breakout star? South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg tries to make his case on the debut presidential debate, as does Senator Kamala Harris, Democrat from California. Will we hear anything about Andrew Yang? Who will be the household name? The Yang Gang, as they call themselves. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting just steps outside of the spin room from Miami. Speaking of which, how about Senator Elizabeth Warren? How about Julian Castro, who had the big night last night? And who fizzled full reaction, full analysis on the politics, and more importantly, the policies? We've got Tyler Page. He is a U.S. politics reporter for Bloomberg News. He spent several weeks now out on the campaign trail, a rising star in Bloomberg's newsroom. Plus, David Katniss making his debut on Bloomberg Sound On. He is senior politics writer at U.S. News and World Report. Both of them are with me here in Miami. Adam Green's going to stop by, Warren World Insider. And Fred Hochberg, Democrat and former chairman of the Export-Import Bank. And I'll bring you my exclusive interview with RNC Chairwoman Ronna Romney-McDaniel. What did she think of the debate last night? I caught up with her earlier in Miami. We'll get all of that coming up. Hot and humid here inside of Miami. We're just steps away from the spin room. Behind me, I'm seeing supporters, a gathering of supporters for Joe Biden, as well as others for Andrew Yang, all of the supporters that got the big lawn signs, the Yang gang they're calling them, I guess. He could have a breakout. He could be the household name. But before we get to all of that, let's talk about the former vice president, Joe Biden. What does he need to do tonight? With me for the hour, David Katniss making his debut on Sound On. He is U.S. U.S. News and World Report senior politics writer. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And of course, Tyler Page, a rising star in Bloomberg News Newsroom. He is out on the campaign trail, spending uh, in all of the battleground states, right, Tyler? Like Iowa, New Hampshire. Where have you been so far? Correct. Uh, three trips to Iowa. Um, it was in South Carolina last week and uh, also in California. All right, so you know a thing or two about, about the state of play. Who do you think won last night, David? I think the lower tier won. I think they did the most good for themselves. So I would say that is uh, Julian Castro, who uh, interjected himself and made a point on immigration. 
Um, I think Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor, uh, you know, he wasn't getting time, and he interjected himself and was just like Elizabeth Warren, uh, sort of honing in on progressive issues. And I think John Delaney, the opposite end of the ideological room, a former congressman from Maryland, um, made some smart points about Medicare for all. I don't, you know, whether this matters in the big picture, I, I don't know. I think in a week maybe everybody forgets about it. But I think there wasn't any big waves on the top tier. I think it was the debate owned by the lower tier candidates. What does Joe Biden have to do tonight, Tyler? What does Bernie Sanders have to do tonight? In just a couple of hours, they're going to face off against one another. The, the media were certainly looking on that contrast between democratic socialism and centrism. What are you looking for for Biden? I'm looking at whether or not he can stave off some of the expected attacks that we're going to see on him, both from Bernie Sanders and, and maybe from some of the, the lower tiers looking to punch up someone like Andrew Yang, who criticized him uh, Phil in Iowa for not making a, an appearance at a cattle call there. And, um, and so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he can stay above the fray, as the Biden advisors have been telling the media they plan to do. And then for, for Senator Sanders, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he names Joe Biden in his attacks. He's been outlining the, the criticism of Biden's candidacy, candidacy saying we can't go for middle ground policies, we need big structural changes, and but he hasn't said Biden's name yet. We'll see if that changes tonight. You know, that's, that's, that's the, will it change tonight, David? Will, will I, Senator Sanders I, name Joe Biden by name? I don't think he has to name him. He's standing right next to him, so he can gesture to him and say, you know, the vice president or, you know, we disagree on Medicare for all, we disagree on the Iraq war, we disagree on uh, the free trade uh, deals that, that went into play in the 90s and, and what he argues hollowed out manufacturing. So look, I think the, the moderators, they're going to be prodding for contrast, but we saw last night you know, Warren and Booker and, and Beto didn't go at each other. It was the lower tier people that are more willing to throw bombs. So I would say, to your point, Andrew Yang might throw a bomb. Uh, you know, who else on the stage yeah. tonight? Marion Williamson, Williamson might throw some, some shots. They have nothing to lose. John Hickenlooper after John Bernie H Sanders. Exactly. Why do you think exactly. it is that these lower-tier candidates, that's such a smart point, David, that these lower-tier candidates, perceived lower-tier, we're, we're using that, idea, but again, this is the introductory <laughs> Lower polling is... Of lower polling right. is more accurate. The lower polling candidates are turning on each other. Is it because they know that they'll get some coverage out of it, or why? I, I think they, they don't really have much to lose. Um, this is this is the first debate, and, and they're in danger of qualifying after next month, then the then the threshold for qualifying for the Democratic debates goes up. And so if you're not meeting those fundraising or polling numbers, this might be your only chance to appeal to a huge audience. We saw last night there were huge ratings for uh, the first night of debates and expected to be even more tonight with Biden and Sanders on stage. So I think these candidates, this, is, this might be their one chance to really make a name for themselves. And we saw Julian Castro had some success doing that last night, really sticking himself out as the candidate on immigration, obviously all over now, and, and he's trying to distinguish himself. Did you guys see that tweet that CNN messed up the other night? So they named Joaquin Castro, who's the brother. They're twins. Did you know this? Well, so Julian Castro has Julian Castro has a uh, has a twin brother. He's a congressman from Texas. I just saw him. It's right heading into the spin room. I said, but he's a Dallas Cowboys You were fan. able to properly identify him? Yes, I did. I said, because, okay. you know, that's what it's happens hard. when you're a hill rat, you know. Okay. I'm sorry. But 
uh, and I said, and he gave me a thumbs. I said, congrats on the on the showing for your brother. Uh, so I think Julian really did was able to to, to really elevate himself by going head to head on the issue of immigration against former Congressman Beto O'Rourke, who struggled. And I will tell you this: I spoke with two staffers in the spin room, the spin room right after the debate from two different campaigns. I said, and they didn't want to be identified. I respected. Uh, they said, uh, I said, who do you think did good? And they also Castro. All right, we're previewing. We're outlining some broad themes. We're just moments away, a couple of hours away, rather, from when former Vice President Joe Biden makes his debate debut of the 2020 cycle. He will be standing side by side to Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, who caucuses with the Democrats, describes himself as a Democratic Socialist. Coming up, we're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk specifically about the policies on immigration. We've touched on all of this. We've got some great guests who are going to be stopping by, including Adam Green of Warren World Insider and Fred Hochberg, former chairman of the Exim Bank, having served in the Obama administration. And we'll also get fresh reaction tonight from RNC chairwoman Rana Romney McDaniel. Tyler Pager stays. David Catney stays. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, live from Miami. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Live from Miami, where just in a few short hours, former Vice President Joe Biden takes the debate stage against Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, as well as Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. A lot of other folks are going to be up on that stage as well. We're going to bring you full analysis broad from just steps outside of the spin room. I'll be in the spin room later tonight. With me for the hour, David Katniss. He is U.S. senior politics reporter for U.S. News and World Report. Tyler Pager's here, the rising star on Bloomberg News' campaign team. He's been all over already. Just a few. How long have you been working here, Tyler? I think five weeks now. Five weeks. You've been to California, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Florida. He's hitting the trail. And look who just walked in, the chairman. Ladies and gentlemen, the chairman, the former chairman of the Export Impact, which, by the way, side note, had a rough hearing the other day with Maxine Waters, but I'm staying focused. We're talking about the debate. Fred Hochberg's here, the, de- the Democrat uh, from the Obama administration, down here for the debate. Uh, the economy, Fred, the economy, really the, the really the vision for the economy, Democrats divided. Democratic socialists versus more centrist. What do you make of that? Well, I thought it was interesting last night. The question posed was, even 60% of Democrats think the economy is going well, <laughs> and yet there was a lot of bashing of the economy. Yes. I get uh, I get a little nervous. How do you square that? Well, I also get nervous when we say all corporations are bad. That's like saying, you know, all tall people are bad, or all, all, all you know, and pick an ethnic group and decide that they're bad. I, I kind of broad brush uh, categorization of any company. If we're not going to grow America... It's going to take companies, it's going to take corporate trust, it's going to take the tax revenue. You know, I, I think that's such a great point that you brought up uh, because because Elizabeth Warren was asked about that. We actually have a bite from that from last night when she was on the debate stage. Take a listen to what Senator Elizabeth Warren said. I think of it this way. Who is this economy really working for? 
It's doing great for a thinner and thinner slice at the top. It's doing great for giant drug companies. This is not doing great for people who are trying to get a prescription filled. Now with Senator Elizabeth Warren taking to the debate stage last night, she arguably now still in the top tier, Julian Castro also in that top tier. I was able, Fred, to catch up with Senator Elizabeth Warren in the spin room. The spin room. We're back in the spin room. Time flies, Fred. The spin room. And I asked her, I said, what would a Warren administration do on day one in order to have what she says is the quote-unquote courage to take on big business, big tech, big pharma. Take a listen to what she told me. Senator, Senator, you said that you have the courage to take on big corporations, the courage to take on big tech and Wall Street. What would you do as president on day one, Senator Warren, to address their concerns? So it's about having a justice department that actually will use the tools that are available and being a president who will name the right people in the Justice Department and back them up when they get out there. You know, I'm not somebody who folds at the first sign that someone wants to fight back. These giant corporations have too much power. They have too much economic power and they have too much political power. And when they've got that kind of political power, that's what creates corruption in Washington. That was Senator Elizabeth Warren Tyler Pager, who covers all things politics for us on the campaign trail. Will she be able to contrast herself enough from, I don't know, Senator Bernie Sanders? I think that's what she, um, I, I think last night you saw her trying to reassure Sanders supporters that she was liberal enough. When when the question was asked about who supports get private insurance to move forward toward Medicare for All. She and Bill de Blasio were the only two that raised her hand. And that was actually a little bit of a different answer than I heard from her on the campaign trail. She's been a little bit more cautious and outright calling for banning, for, for eradicating private insurance. Last night, she gave full backing to that. Um, and so I think that was something that was, was a little bit different and, and more of not contrasting her to Bernie Sanders at this point, but um, trying to ensure that, that she could win over those, those Sanders supporters and more left-wing uh, flank of the Democratic Party. But she's got a longer-term issue with Bernie because Bernie Sanders is going to have the money to be in this race throughout. He has already said he may not out to the convention. So even if he is not the nominee, he is in some ways blocking her, I think, from consolidating progressive support and really mounting a challenge to, to the former vice president. And look, there's also a danger... To, to, to Fred's point about moving too far to the left, when she put up her hand about eliminating private insurance, she was the minority of Democrats on that stage with Bill de Blasio. And that is going to be fodder for President Trump to say, point at her and say, she wants to take away your health care. And we're going to be related to getting health care again. I mean, this is, you know, months and months down the road. But I think there is a progressive tension right now between Sanders and Warren. Warren's feeling more pressure to move to the left. The question is, how far will she go without hurting herself as a potential general election candidate against Donald Trump. David Katniss here. He is U.S. senior politics reporter for U.S. News and World Report. He mentioned this this moment, this crucial moment on night one of the two-part Democratic presidential debate where Senator Elizabeth Warren, as well as New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, both raising their hands on the issue of whether or not they would eliminate private Medicare plans in favor of government run Medicare plans. Take a listen to this particular moment for Medicare for All from Elizabeth Warren. It's to bring in as many dollars as they can in premiums and to pay out as few dollars as possible for your health care. That leaves families with rising premiums, 
rising co-pays, and fighting with insurance companies to try to get the health care that their doctors say that they and their children need. Medicare for all solves that problem. There, can you can you run for president and not support Medicare for all, Fred Hochberg? I think you can run for president and say, I'm for health care for all. And I think that there is a nuance there. And I think that, as, as came up last night, if people are asked, do I have to give up my insurance, give up my doctor? I don't want to do that. So I think there is a nuance to everybody should have health care. The fact that we're still debating this 20 years in is kind of remarkable in the, in the richest country in the world. Who won last night? Who won? Well, a lot of people had good days. I mean, Elizabeth Warren had a good day. Bill de Blasio had a good day. Uh, even uh, uh, the congressman, John Delaney, had a good day. I mean, it has to do with expectation versus where they Miami are. Miami Fred. What part of Florida do you live in? Is it West Palm? No, Miami Beach. Miami Beach. Miami Beach is very own, ladies and gentlemen. Fred Ockberg coming up. Much more Republican reaction. I'll play for you some of my interview with RNC Chairwoman Ronna Romney McDaniel. I was in a trucking, small business trucking house just a couple of hours ago with the chairwoman of the RNC. Uh, Tyler Pager stays, David Catton, he stays the chairman. Hockburn, the former chairman of the Export-Import Bank. I was going to say of the Export Miami Beach stays. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Spotify, uh, and the Bloomberg Business app. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. What I saw last night was a Democrat party that has totally been reshaped in the, in the, in the likes of Bernie Sanders. And we have a Republican party that can now go to the American people and say, we've created more jobs. We're up. This is why you need to reelect Donald Trump. That was Ronna Romney McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. I caught up with her at a trucking small business. Literally, it was like a trucking warehouse garage, hot and humid Miami. I'm in Miami. I'm Kevin Cirilli, chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, broadcasting from right outside of the spin room here in Miami, where supporters for the various Democratic presidential candidates are out in full force. And we're just several hours away from night two of the first Democratic presidential debate. Kicks off. Former Vice President Joe Biden is set to take the stage, along with Senator Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, the South Bend, Indiana mayor. And guess who just walked in? Adam Green. Adam Green is here with me. We just heard from Ronna Romney McDaniel making her case, Adam. You being a prominent Democratic strategist. Now you're with bold progressives, I believe. Still? Dot org. Dot org. <laughs> dot org. Uh, I'm not saying people should go to boldprogressives.org, but I just want to acknowledge the full facts. I'm, I'm a truth teller. All right. Well, I want to talk immigration because immigration got a lot of play last night, and there's actually some breaking news on the Bloomberg Terminal regarding it uh, with this potential deal 
that has happened. I'm going to read from my colleagues reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi blinked in her standoff with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, allowing the House to vote on the Senate version of a $4.5 billion border funding bill and abandoning an amendment sought by her progressive members. Speaker Pelosi, what's going on with, with immigration? I'm seeing you scratch your head right now. But how will immigration play in the Democratic primary, and how have we seen it play in this first debate? Well, it's interesting. You know, a, a few years ago, I actually went on a border tour, and for the first time was confronted with families who are explaining how their families are being separated from each other, mothers separated from fathers and, mother, and you, know, ki- you know, kids from, from their parents. And whenever I would engage in this debate, I would say, hey, this is the actual thing at stake. People on the right would be like, that's not happening, that's not happening. Now it's abundantly clear it's happening, and that will be the central messaging object of this election. I was a little surprised last night that Julian Castro got so much play off of a fairly wonky interaction Very about wonky. bill numbers and bill provisions, and I was like, this is going nowhere. Apparently it went somewhere. I was wrong. Well, but I want to play for you that exchange, because yes, you mentioned it. that exchange, yeah. and a lot of folks say that helped fuel Julian Castro's solid performance last night. Take a listen to that exchange against him and former Congressman Beto O'Rourke. We would spare well, no expense to reunite the families a lot of that have been families. separated already. Congressman, and we would not criminally would prosecute any family because who is fleeing violence for the repeal of persecution. I mean, they're talking over each other. David Katniss is here. He's U.S. News, a senior politics reporter for U.S. News and World Report, as is Fred Hochberg, former chairman of the Exxon Bank. They're talking over each other. Who won that exchange, David Katniss? Well, Castro won the Twitter immediate exchange. We'll know if he won a broader exchange in a month if he's up at 5% in Iowa and not at 1%. I mean, I would still caution that tonight is going to wipe out a lot of last night going into the weekend, because what are you going to be talking about on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? You're probably going to be talking about Thursday, not Wednesday. So I would just caution that in a couple hours, this all changes. They have a couple hours left to milk this, and then I think we all move on to see what, what does Bernie say, what does Biden say, does Andrew Yang have a viral moment? I mean, attention is fleeting. Then by Williams July, said. this will matter even less. No, when I was with Ron and Romney McDaniel, chairwoman of the RNC, Fred Hochberg, former chairman of the Export-Import Bank, she said bring Ron it on. Chairman. She's she, Miami Beach native. But Rana, all seriousness, Rana said that the characterization that the Republicans gathered was that the Democrats are for open borders. I think that was a, regrettably, that came across. I heard that just spending time with people here in Miami today, that it appears that Democrats, I don't think that's true, but that's certainly how it got characterized. Yeah, so I heard her say in her interview with you was that this is the party of Bernie Sanders, right? Now, I think that's a proxy for many progressive issues were discussed on stage last night. Right? One way I would put it is that the floor last night was higher than the ceiling in yesteryear. What do you mean? Right. What I mean is, you know, Medicare for all got a lot of play yes. where a few years ago that would be seen as fringe. That, you know, things like universal child care and free tuition, debt-free college, things like that weren't even in the lexicon a few years ago. Now they are. Um, here's the thing. Here's a dirty little secret that I shouldn't, shouldn't share. But, but it's Kev. The, the, the center of Washington, D.C. is much different from the center of the country. Amen. And so many of these ideas are less about left versus right and bottom versus top. Yes. Right? The bases of both parties are often against the elites in both parties. I think, honestly, she was out of touch. If she thinks talking about universal child care is, is a fringe position, she is so wrong. But immigration, border security, no, I think that's, a, that's an issue that I think Castro is probably out of step with the majority of the country. Really? To, to de- decriminalize illegal immigration? That's what he's arguing for. I think Beto was actually, if you're running a general, that's the more palatable position. I mean, Republicans, and Trump ran on this in 16, he'll run on immigration again if the party's position is decriminalize people that are coming here legally. I think 
the center of the country, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, the states that matter, that that could scare some middle-of-the-roaders off. I'm old enough that when the driver's license debate flared up in the Democratic presidential in primary in Pennsylvania between Hillary Clinton and that freshman Senator Barack Obama. Take a listen to what Ron Romney McDaniel had to say earlier when I asked her specifically about the conversation we're having and her interpretation of the immigration debate. Let me just say, um, as any mother would, when you see that photograph, it it rips your heart out. I mean, it's just heartbreaking, and, and it's the father and his daughter, and the mother survived, and to have to live through that, it's heartbreaking. I know that the president has been fighting for immigration reform for over two years before he even got into office. That's what, that's what started his campaign. He said, we have broken borders. We need to fix our laws. That was Ronald Romney McDaniel addressing that horrific. I mean, that photo, Adam, that photo was so tragic of the of the deceased father and, and daughter. 26 months old was her age. I mean, it was just uh, no words, no words, no words for how devastating that photo was. Yeah, this whole, and, and it's, it's the tip of the iceberg, right? Yesterday I was at the Homestead Child Detention Facility here in Florida with Elizabeth Warren, and just seeing these kids, one of them actually yelled out in Spanish, we're going to die here. Right, like this, this is bad, and I would just say that I think there's an analogy to here with the abortion debate, where there's a where there's a question of are you talking about late-term abortion or are you talking about the last Planned Parenthood talking uh, a closing in a state? The Republicans are in denial that more people understand the image of a child and a parent being separated or a parent losing a child than understand these wonky open border policies. And with this image in mind... Photojournalism matters. Photojournalism matters. Photojournalism matters. And honestly here, just the story. Yes. You you can understand nothing about immigration, but still understand what it means for a a parent and a child to be separated from one one another. Adam Green's here, Democratic strategist. Uh, He's also at boldprogressives.org. He's a prominent insider with Warren World, traveling yesterday with Senator Elizabeth Warren, top-tier presidential candidate, to Homestead, which is a site in Florida, in Florida, of that child detention center. Coming up, we're going to have much more reaction and analysis of our panel. We're just outside of the debate spin room where, I got to tell you, a crowd of about 50 or so report uh, supporters for the various candidates, Joe Biden, the Yang Gang, they're chanting, they're cheering, they are ready for this second part of the debate to kick off in just a few few short hours. I'm Kevin Cerilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Radio. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on uh, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cerilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Joe right now goes wherever the wind blows, right? Where the wind blows, Joe. I mean, everything, uh, every position he's changing, he's moderating himself. He's had a 45-year career in politics. I really don't know what he can take to the American people and say we need to get things done and then argue as to why he hasn't gotten that done in his decades-long career in government. Ooh. She did not hold back. That was RNC committee chairwoman Ronna Romney McDaniel speaking exclusively to me earlier today on Bloomberg Television. Head to BloombergTV.com in order uh, to see that full interview. We were speaking in Miami, where I am. Why? Well, 
It's the first Democratic presidential debate, and we're just a couple of hours away now uh, from night two of the first Democratic presidential debate, where former Vice President Joe Biden squares off for the first time this cycle against Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. He's on that main stage, as is eight other, as are correction, as are eight other Democratic presidential hopefuls, Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, Senator Kamala Harris of California, Kirsten Gillibrand, New York, Michael Bennett of Colorado, oh, i got to catch a breath, author Marianne Williamson, Representative Eric Swalwell, Andrew Yang, and former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper. All right, it's quite, quite the list with me here to break it all down for us, former Chairman of the Export-Import Bank, Fred Hochberg. He's also a Democrat, served in the Obama administration. Adam Green, War and World Insider and the founder of, of, of BoldProgressives.org. And David Catanese. He is U.S. News and World Report senior politics reporter. Got it all out there. Who is Andrew Yang, David Catanese? I think a lot of Americans are going to meet Andrew Yang for the first time. Yeah, tonight. so he's a venture, venture capitalist who sort of had his hands in everything. Uh, he's actually a physics major who went on to work at IBM, all these different companies. He started a philanthropy company uh, to raise money for a bunch of different causes. He got into healthcare. He started a separate healthcare company, um, which is why he always talks about how he's good at math because the guy actually, you know, he has a big brain. He created business, uh, but he's pretty progressive. He's and, a personality type. And he's a personality, and I think he could be the guy that has the moment tonight because he's smart, he's quick on his feet, he gets that humor matters. And I think one thing last night the Democrats failed to do, they looked a little anxious and angry. I think overall, just to ten of them, you know, it's all, they're, they're mad about immigration, they're mad about Trump. But you got to have some levity. People at home, it's like two hours of anxiety. And I <laughs> Andrew Yang can do it. is. I mean, like all of them were, I mean, were, it's, it's a little Wait, much a for chill, two hours. What, who's Marianne Williamson? Uh, she is Oprah's good friend. Really? Which, well, I but mean, she's she, not a guru. Our, our she's teacher, a, David Suchman, she, she showed me this, this Instagram post that well, says she do not call her a guru. She, like, what is a guru? On, I don't know. But who is she? More she's just, you know, I mean, she's written spiritual help books, something to help self-help industry. And they've done really well. And it got her a huge social media following. And it's amazing that she was able to get on this stage. And you had a congressman and a governor. Who not. Not. Steve Bullock not able to get on that stage. Joe Sestak not able to get on that stage. Some other folks also not able to get on that stage. And uh, Adam Green. Adam Green. We were talking about the policy, the substance of the debate. Uh, and and it is la- I got to be candid here. My, my train of thought is even difficult to hear because there are supporters for all of the different various campaigns who are chanting for their candidates behind us. So if you catch any of that crowd reaction, we are literally in the eye of the storm. Adam Green focusing on policy tonight. Are we going to see a continuation of what we saw last night from Senator Elizabeth Warren on Medicare for all? I think we will. First of all, last night was by far her strongest statement of support for Medicare for All in the whole campaign. And she did it when it really counted, when 15 million people were watching. Yeah. And politically, I think it was really smart that she grounded it all in taking on the big insurance companies, right? Any quote that Republicans would want to pull from an ad would be something very popular because she was bashing big insurance, which is popular with Republicans, Democrats, independents. And my guess is that I'll continue tonight. That's, Walk me through yeah. the political strategy. So that's the policy, which matters. Yeah. Now take me through the politics. Oh, actually, that, that is the politics. I mean, 
in the progressive realm, it's very important that she and Bernie be out there as bold transformational progressives together. And she, pretty much after leaving yesterday, made sure there was no daylight. But it matters what your point of emphasis is, right? It matters what your top-line message is. I think yesterday was pretty much her opening argument to millions of people about Medicare for All, and she did it from a position of strength, basically squaring her entire argument around taking on big insurance. She didn't get in the weeds, well, what about this, what about that? It was, it was a good opening argument. They didn't get to the question of, well, do people really like their doctors or their companies, right? That, that will come, I'm sure, in later debates, but she is well-positioned in the fight by coming out on strong ground. All right, Joe Biden, what's he got to do tonight, Fred Hartberg? I think Joe Biden has got a. He, he regrettably has the most to lose because he's the front runner, and that there's going to be there may be nine people who are trying to knock him off of that position. You, that's the problem with being a front runner. He got a big target, so he's got to maintain that, and he's got to be able to. There's never a problem with being a front runner. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> well, the, the challenge is he's a good general election candidate, and he's going to. This is about primary voters. I see Adam shaking his head, Freddie. Miami, Nobody. Miami Beach could be a worse. You know, I'm again Miami. Draw. Go ahead. Why? Joe Biden. Why? Well, he's running a general election type campaign. He's running a pretty bad general election campaign. So I'll just say there are three genres of candidates in the debate tonight. There are, well, in general, there are bold transformational progressives, which are pretty much Bernie and Warren. Then there's a bunch of good enough Democrats, people who are going in the right direction generally. If you support a Medicare buy-in and not Medicare for all, fine, you're moving in the right direction. If you nominally support Medicare for all, but you don't really intend to fight for it, still, at least you're going in the right direction. Joe Biden is one of the few Democrats running who's actually going in the wrong direction, not just for primary voters, but the general election. When he comes out for NAFTA, when the bases of both parties are against you know, corporate and trade deals, when he originally came out against the Hyatt Amendment, when he calls for a middle ground on the climate crisis, on it, when he says nothing will fundamentally change under his presidency, which is the worst general engine mantra, and especially when he ran with, with Obama, who's the change candidate. He is somebody who's just going the wrong direction, and I, I hope and he doesn't exactly Biden that is going to spend the whole night playing defense. He's going to be swatting flies. The questions are going to be, why did you say this 40 years ago, all the way up to why did you say the desegregation comment two weeks ago? He's going to be playing defense. I think his challenge is stay on message, don't apologize, but talk about why you believe best candidate that can beat Trump. I think he's going to go back to that. I know Adam's going to disagree, but he can point to data that says there's no risk there. There's a risk with some of these other guys. I'm your, your least riskiest candidate. But I think to placate progressives, he's never going to get at them, but he's got to pl placate some of them. He's got to talk a little bit about the future and say, you know what, you're going to get a lot of the past. That's what you're betting on my candidacy. That is, that's part of it. But here's what I can give you for the future. Right, but he's not, got, you know, never going to get. We got, we got, we got two minutes. <laughs> just saying, that's what, that's his, that's his Adam mission. Adam is just so unreasonable that's, to want something that's well, not. We got, I, if you, if, if Joe Biden can convince you, then you know. Yeah. We got less than two minutes, so I want to know who's going to win. There's just the ten tonight, just quickly. Who's going to tonight on the stage? Who's going to lose tonight on the stage? Quick. Andrew Yang, people to judge wins. The rest of them, uh, uh, Bernie loses. I think Kamala Harris is going to have a good night. Who do you think, Adam? I agree with Andrew Yang. I think he will jump a couple points in the poll. I think Bernie will have a good night. You do? But, but Kamala wouldn't surprise me either. All right. And I agree. People are just going to have a – this is a big night for him. A lot more people will see him and see him going head-to-head -head with nine he's smooth. All right. He's I want to thank everybody. Tyler Pager, our, our political embed. I want to thank Adam Green, our Warren World Insider, BullProgressives.org, as well as David Katniss of U.S. News World Report, Fred Hochberg, former chairman, our crew back in New York, Christine Barada, our EP, David Sutcherman pulling double duty on the T-Night and radio side. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Thanks for listening. It's debate time. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders. You're listening to Bloomberg. 99.1.
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.